السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمد عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ما بعد Welcome to another episode of our tafsir, page by page, and inshallah ta'ala today we are on page 43, which is the second page of the third juz, Surah Al-Baqarah. In our previous episode, we covered the page of the Qur'an in which Allah mentions towards the end, Ayat Al-Kursi, and the final verse spoke about the very fact that there's no compulsion in the religion, but that Allah has made the path of, of guidance distinct and clear from the path of misguidance. And so whoever follows the path of Allah by worshipping him and believing in him subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they have grasped the firmest of handholds. Allah in that verse speaks about the foundation of the religion. And that is that the path of salvation is to hold on to the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through iman and through righteous deeds. And whosoever does that, then they have held on to that handhold that will bring them the pleasure of Allah and his reward. In the first verse on this page, which is verse 257, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now will mention to us the outcome of that previous verse. So in the previous verse, we said, Allah Whoever disbelieves in the false gods, worships and believes in Allah And so therefore we understand that the opposite is also true, that whoever believes in the false gods and disbelieves in Allah and doesn't worship Him alone, then they haven't held on to the firmest handhold and therefore they will be from the people of punishment. What is the end result of those two choices? This is what Allah mentions more clearly in this verse 257. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الله ولي الذين آمنوا يخرجهم من الظلمات إلى النور والذين كفروا أولياؤهم الطاغوت يخرجونهم من النور إلى الظلمات أولئك أصحاب النار هم فيها خالدون الله عز وجل is the ally of those who believe he brings them out of the depths of darkness and into the light and as for the disbelievers their allies are the false gods who take them from the light into the depths of the darkness. They are the inhabitants of the fire and there they will remain. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore in this verse is telling us the consequences, the end result, the reward or punishment of the people who make the choice in the previous verse, verse 256. Those people who disbelieve in the taghut, the false gods. And a false god is anything that is worshipped besides Allah azza wa jal. doesn't have to be an idol doesn't have to physically be a god that they worship. Some people worship the dunya. Some people worship wealth. Some people worship fame. Whatever it is that they're looking for and they're worshiping and sacrificing everything for besides Allah Azza wa Jal, that is in a way a false god. Whoever takes and and, and whoever disbelieves in all of those false gods, and they believe in Allah Azza wa Jal instead, what is their end result? Allahu waliyu alladheena amanu. Allah is the ally and the close helper of those who believe. And the wali is the one who protects, the one who allies himself to the one that they're protecting, the one who 
has gives to them all si- all types of support and all types of aid and help. Allah Azza wa is the wali of the of the believers. Allah Azza wa aids them, He helps them with His divine aid and help subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah supports them, Allah defends them, Allah protects them, Allah showers His mercy and forgiveness and blessings upon them. يُخْرِجُهُمْ مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ And from the greatest of help and aid that Allah Azza wa gives to them is that He removes them from the dark, the depths of darkness into the nur. Look at this verse and how Allah Azza wa when it comes to the darkness, He mentions the plural. He says, ظُلُمَات the plural, many, many types of darkness. And that is because the paths that lead away from Allah, the paths of those false gods are many and varied. Many, many. No two are the same. Each one of them is distinct and different. But there are many of them. Whereas the path to Allah is one. As the Prophet said, when he drew a line in the ground, a straight line, and the lines to the right and the left, he said, this straight line, it is the path of Allah. The path that leads you to the Sirat al-Mustaqeem. And all of these other paths to the right and left, they are the paths of the shayateen. They call away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاطِي مُسْتَقِيمًا فَاتَّبِعُوا This is my straight path, follow it. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُ السُّبُلْ And don't follow the other paths. There are many of them. So Allah Azza wa Jal is the wali of the believers. He takes them from the depths of all of those darknesses. He protects you from all of that evil that, is, that exists in terms of belief and theology and so on. And Allah takes you from them and puts you upon the one single path that is the path of light and guidance, the path that leads to Allah Azza wa Jal. However, those who disbelieve in Allah, وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Those who believe in the false gods, they disbelieve in Allah Azza wa Jal, أَوْلِيَاؤُهُمُ الطَّاغُوتِ their allies will be their false gods. Whether it's those idols that they worship besides Allah or the false gods that they have placed for themselves besides Allah Azza wa Jal or aspects of the dunya that they worship because of the way that they are, they worship them besides Allah Azza wa Jal in one way or another, those things will be their allies. يُخْرِجُونَهُمْ مِنَ nur. They will remove them from the single light, the single path that leads to Allah Azza wa Jal and they will place them in the depths of all of those darknesses. And again, we have the singular uh, form of light and the plural form of darkness. They will be removed from that light placed in all of those paths of darkness. And each one is different. Some of them in their worship, some of them in their worship of the dunya, some of them in their idols, some of them in their false gods, some, whatever it may be. It is the paths of darkness. Those people who have taken this path of the darkness over light, they are from the people of the fire, whom fiha khalidun, they will remain therein. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now in the next two, three verses will mention a number of examples of tawheed, of how it took place in a practical way, the tawheed of Allah azza wa jal and the knowledge and the, the steadfastness that it gives and the certainty that it brings. And Allah azza wa jal will mention this in two or three verses that are now coming. And they are slightly long verses. Two of them were mentioned, inshallah ta'ala, in today's episode, and the last one will be left for a forth, forthcoming episode because it is on a, another page. In verse 258, Allah Azzawajal then says, <laughs> قال إبراهيم فإن الله يأتي بالشمس من المشرق فأتي بها من المغرب فبهت الذي كفر والله لا يهدي القوم الظالمين 
Allah Azza wa Jal in this story, he gives us the, or in this verse rather, he gives us the example of the Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and one of the discussions and the debates that he had alayhi salam. And he says, have you not thought about the man who disputed with Ibrahim about his Lord because Allah had given to him power to rule? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِي حَاجَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ فِي رَبِّهِ أَنْ آتَاهُ اللَّهُ الْمُلْكِ Allah Azza wa Jal describes this man who is going to have this debate with the Prophet of Ibrahim والسلام, and as we know, the Prophet of Allah Ibrahim والسلام, was from the greatest of Allah's prophets and messengers والسلام, and he is the one that is mentioned many times in the Quran and he is an example in terms of his steadfastness in Allah his iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his sacrifice and submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is a role model for every ummah that came after him alayhi salatu wasalam. On this occasion, Ibrahim السلام, has a discussion or a debate with a man that Allah gave to him power. Allah says he gave to him dominion, gave to him kingdom, gave to him the power to rule. And it is according to the vast majority of the scholars of Tafsir, a king at the time of Ibrahim السلام, by the name Nimrud. Babylonia was a kingdom that used to exist in that time. And it's a famous ancient kingdom. And from the leaders or the rulers of this kingdom of Babylonia or an aspect of it is this king Nimrod. And even though Allah doesn't mention his name or mention him by name in this verse in the Quran, it is the position of many of the scholars of tafsir that this is the individual that is being referred to. And he was extremely powerful and a tyrant. And he was someone who like Pharaoh, because of his power and his kingdom and his dominion and his strength and wealth and everything else, it led him to believe falsely that he was a god or like a god, that he had the ability to rule and do as he pleased, that therefore no one could withstand him or stand against him because of what he possessed and what he was given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah mentions that here in a beautiful way because Allah acknowledges that he was given all of these things, but then Allah says that it was he that gave it to him. And just as Allah can give, Allah can take away. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give you something, Allah can take it away from you as well. And so they have this discussion, Ibrahim السلام, and this king Nimrod. And they're speaking about Allah the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has the right to be worshipped. And Allah says, إِذْ قَالَ Ibrahim, When Ibrahim السلام, says, because he's describing to Nimrod who Allah is, he's giving him a description that he will understand about the power of Allah. And therefore, if he understands the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his names and attributes, therefore he should know that Allah is the one alone worthy of worship. He says, My Lord is the one who gives life and he gives death. And this is from the greatest attributes as we said of Allah Azza wa Jal. And that's why we mentioned in the previous episode that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins Ayat al-Kursi, he uses this name, as one of the main names of Allah Azza wa Jalla, the greatest names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as a number of the scholars of tafsir said, because many of the other names and attributes of Allah come back to this one name, and that is that Allah Azza wa is al-Hay, that He is ever-living. Because the one who dies, the one who will die, or the one who is dead, cannot be at the same time living and doing stuff and helping and, and possessing attributes and so on. And so Allah Azza wa is al-Hay. But at the same time, he is al-muhyi al-mumit, the one who gives life and death to others. So Allah Azza wa says that Ibrahim salam describing his Lord, he said, Rabbi الذي يحيي ويميت. My Lord, 
is the one who gives life and the one who gives death. Nimrud responds in his arrogance, in his disbelief, in his haughtiness, and he says, Ana wa umit. I also give life and death. Meaning that just as you say your Lord is a Lord because he gives life and death, I can do the same thing as a king, as a ruler. I determine who lives and I determine who dies. Now clearly Ibrahim Islam is speaking about something different to what Nimrud is saying. Because many people have that aspect. Every, the people who commit murder and so on, people have that physical ability, most of them, to go and if they wanted to commit the act of murder physically, they would be able to do so. But most people, because of their sense of, of morality, their sense of goodness, their sense of piety, they wouldn't do something knowing that it is something which is from the worst of crimes. But the ability, the physical capacity to do so exists. A king and a ruler has a greater capacity to do so. But Ibrahim salam is not referring to that type of ability. He's referring to the one that Allah, that Allah decrees for all of his creation, life and death. But Nimrud is speaking about one aspect, so he's taking the argument and he's twisting it. And that is often what people do who don't want to seek guidance, who don't really want the truth. They will take a, an argument that is what, and they understand exactly what it's referring to, but they will twist it and they will make it seem like it is something else because they don't seek the truth. They just want to engage in this type of rhetoric and debate. Some of the scholars of Tafsir said that Nimrud, he brought out two prisoners, two people that were prisoners. And one of them, he said, you can go free. And the other one, he executed. And he said, see, I can give life and I can give death. The Quran doesn't mention this type of, of episode taking place. And it is possible Allah Azza wa knows best it is mentioned in a number of the works of Tafsir. But the point being, that he's essentially saying the same thing. Whether he physically did so or not, he's giving that argument that I can also determine who lives and who dies, meaning in my kingdom. So Ibrahim Islam, when he sees this obstinacy, when he sees this arrogance coming from Nimrod, he changes tack and he says, قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْتِي بِالشَّمْسِ مِنَ الْمَشْرِقِ فَأْتِي بِهَا مِنَ الْمَغْرِبِ He says, so indeed my Lord Allah is the one who causes the sun to rise from the east, so you cause it to rise from the west. If you are all-powerful, you are a god, you are... because. Ibrahim Islam knows, rather than debating him on this issue, no, I meant this about life and death, and you're referring to something else, you're not being genuine, you're not being sincere, you've taken something and twisted it. He knew this is the character of this man, this is his personality, and from the wisdom of Ibrahim Islam and his knowledge that Allah gave to him as the prophets of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to them knowledge and wisdom. And from that knowledge and wisdom is that they knew how to deal with people and with their approaches and the way that they spoke and their tricks and the way that they tried to, uh, you know, cut corners and do other stuff. And so Ibrahim realizes this is what this man is trying to do. Rather than going to that debate, which is a common mistake that you see people doing, that when they see that this person is trying to twist something, rather than moving on, and trying to get them to understand the principle in a way that they can't then use some type of philosophical argument to, in order to, to change or to transform. They go and they delve into that same issue deeper and deeper and they just go around in circles and circles. Ibrahim realizes this and he says, My Lord is the one who causes the sun to rise from the east. So you, if you're a God all powerful, can do what you want, as you want, when you want, then you cause it to rise from the west. Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the disbeliever was dumbfounded. Couldn't say anything. Couldn't do anything. No possible way for him now to try to twist this one. There's nothing that he can say 
that will allow him to to say, oh, for example, oh, no, on some days it's like this and so nothing he can do. Not like the first example, فَبُهِ تَلَّذِي كَفَرُ And so Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَاللَّهُ لَا يَهْدِي الْقَوْمَ الظَّالِمِينَ And Allah does not guide those who do evil, those who oppress. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying here and showing through this story of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, his power and ability subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah Azza wa Jal is the one who causes the sun to rise and to set. The day and the night and its alternation. The moon and the stars and the trees and the mountains, all of this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala controls and he has set. And if someone has true power besides Allah Azza wa Jal, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, that if these gods besides Allah Azza wa Jal are true, then say to them, Aruni samawat. Say to them, show me which part of the earth and the heavens that they create besides Allah Azza wa Jal. You're claiming that they are gods besides Allah. Point to something and see to me that this part of the heavens, this part of the creation of the earth, they created besides Allah Azza wa Jal. But anyone who, fo- who follows and worships these gods besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can't pinpoint anything that they created besides Allah Azza wa Jal. And so this is the first story that Allah Azza wa Jal mentions that speaks about his power and ability subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second story is the one that is in verse 259 and it is also the final verse on this page. It is a long verse, about half the page is, is, is in this verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, giving another example, أَوْ كَالَّذِي مَرَّ عَلَىٰ قَرْيَةٍ وَهِيَ خَاوِيَةٌ عَلَىٰ عُرُوشِهَا قَالَ أَنَّا يُحْيِي هَذِهِ اللَّهُ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا فَأَمَاتَهُ اللَّهُ مِيَةَ عَامٍ ثُمَّ بَعَثَهُ قَالَ كَمْ لَبِثْتُ قَالَ لَبِثْتُ يَوْمًا أَوْ بَعْضَ يَوْمٍ قَالَ بَلْ لَبِثْتَ مِيَةَ عَامٍ فَانْظُرْ إِلَىٰ طَعَامِكَ وَشَرَابِكَ لَمْ يَتَسَنَّهُ وَانْظُرْ إِلَىٰ حِمَارِكَ وَلِنَجْعَلَكَ آيَةً لِلنَّاسِ وَانْظُرْ إِلَىٰ الْعِظَامِ كَيْفَ نُنْشِزُهَا ثُمَّ نَكْسُوهَا لَحْمًا فَلَمَّا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ قَالَ أَعْلَمُ أَنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ or take the one who passed by a ruined town. Or take the one meaning as another example of the right of Allah to be worshipped. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives an example now and this example will be one about resurrection. That from the powers of a Lord and creator is that just as he can give death, he can also give life subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah can decree death, then why can't he decree life? If Allah created you the first time and gave you life, then why can't he repeat the process? Surely the first time is harder than the repetition. To invent something, to do something the first time is harder than to repeat a process that you are now familiar with. So if Allah can give life the first time, then why can't he resurrect after that life? Allah gives this example here in this story. And that is that a man passed by a ruined town. It is said that he was a prophet from the prophets of Allah Azza wa Jal. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best because again Allah Azza wa Jal doesn't mention anyone here by name. Doesn't give a name to this individual but says that there was a man who passed by a town. And this town was a town that had been demolished, decimated, completely destroyed. It is said that nothing stood in that town except for very little. So he comes across this and he sees this ruined town a place where people would live, where buildings stood, where people used to rejoice and they used to, now it is something which is completely ruined. So he comes and he says, how would Allah give life to this land when it has died? Some of the scholars said that this man was not a prophet of Allah, he was a believer. And so he asks this question, 
because it's the moment of doubt that he has. Others said, no, it is a prophet of Allah Azza wa Jal. And his question will be similar to the next verse that we will mention, inshallah ta'ala, in the forthcoming episode of Ibrahim salam when he asks Allah to show him how life is given to the dead, not because he disbelieves or he doubts, but because he wants to have further knowledge and further insight into this aspect of creation. So likewise, this man is thinking, this Prophet of Allah, for example, is thinking that how can possibly this place come back to life after this has happened to it? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to show him the power of Allah azza wa jal. Some of the scholars said it is through the process of the town coming back to life in the period of this man going to sleep. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَمَاتَهُ اللَّهُ عَامٍ He caused him to go to sleep for a hundred years. So the man asks, astonished, how can this land ever come back to life, this town? How will it ever be lived in again after this type of ruin and decimation and destruction? Allah caused him to sleep for a hundred years. Why did he cause him to sleep? Some of the scholars of Tafsir said because in that hundred years, the town would be rebuilt. People would come and resettle. The town would, would become alive and up again. It would become a place where people lived and rejoiced. And so when he wakes up, he would see this sign. Other scholars dismissed this and they said that this is a weak sign. Because this happens all the time. People leave lands and they come and resettle and so on. There's not really in that a sign of resurrection. Rather, the major sign for him was in his own sign of being asleep for a period of 100 years and then coming back to life in terms of being awoken after that period. That is exactly or essentially where the sign of Allah Azza wa Jal is within this verse. And Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. Either way though, فَأَمَاتَهُ اللَّهُ مِئَةَ Allah caused him to sleep for a hundred years. And when Allah Azza wa Jal says that he caused him to sleep for a hundred years, it means that Allah preserved him, not just simply that he was in a coma, that his hair grew long and he grew white and his nails grew long and he became frail and his skin became all wrinkly and so that's not the meaning of Allah putting this man to sleep. But rather the meaning is that Allah preserved him in every way, not only physically but emotionally as well as we will see. Because then when Allah says, and then he caused him to raise up, caused him to awake, he said to him, Kem lebith, how long have you stepped for? The man replied, Labithu yawman aw ba'da yawm. He said, Oh Allah, I have stepped for a day or part of a day. So Allah preserved him not only physically, but he preserved him even emotionally, psychologically. Because someone who sleeps for such a long time and wakes up, they would realize that they've slept for such a long time by the way that they look, by the way that they feel, by their emotion. This man doesn't think that he stepped for more at the very most a day. 24 hours and most likely a part of a day as is usual that you sleep for 8, 9, 10 hours a day that's something which is normal I slept for part of a day or a full day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to him in response but rather we said to him you have stepped for a hundred years look at your food and your drink they have gone not they have not gone bad they have not gone foul Allah Azza wa Jalla it is said that this man when he went to sleep he had with him food and drink that he was carrying in terms of his provision not only did Allah Azza wa Jalla preserve him he preserved the food and drink that he was carrying in some narrations of the scholars of tafsir and Allah knows best because Allah Azza wa Jalla doesn't mention the type of food and drink that he was carrying in the Quran but some of them said it was juice and fruit and those are two things that go off very quickly fresh juice quickly gets spoiled and fresh fruit that is ripe quickly also gets spoiled. If you leave them out for a day, or a few days, or a week or two, they will go off. 
let alone for a year, let alone for a hundred years. Allah says, look at your food and your drink. None of it has changed, none of it has gone foul. وَانظُرْ إِلَى حِمَارِكَ وَلِنَجْعَلَكَ آيَةً لِلنَّاسِ And look at the donkey that you had. We will make this a sign for the people. It is said that the man also had a donkey. That donkey over the hundred years had deteriorated. It had started to lose its shape. Its bones had become apparent because it had started to disintegrate. So Allah Azza wa Jalla preserved the man and his food as one sign. The donkey that he was riding, Allah Azza wa Jalla allowed that to disintegrate in the way that a dead, uh, a dead animal would disintegrate over that period of time. But the sign, Allah Azza wa Jalla says, we will make this a sign for you. How? Allah says, look at the bones, meaning of the donkey. See how we will bring them together and then clothe them with flesh. So Allah Azza wa Jalla allowed him to see how the donkey would be resurrected, those bones that had become disjointed from one another because the, the donkey had died. It's been a hundred years that have elapsed. The donkey's bones now become brittle. They start to break. They start to become disjointed. They become joined together once again. Not only that, but Allah then clothes those bones with the flesh so that the donkey comes back to life. When all of this was made clear to him, Allah says in conclusion, He says, now I know that Allah has power over everything. And within this particular story is a sign of Allah in terms of his resurrection. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can resurrect and will resurrect all of creation. Allah will resurrect the humans, he will resurrect the jinn. And there are even a hadith that say that he will resurrect the animals. Those animals that had problems with themselves, amongst themselves, oppression amongst the animal world. Allah will resurrect those animals as the Prophet told us وسلم, so that the horned animal and the one that was unhorned and was therefore injured by the horned one will be able to exact revenge from one another and Allah will settle their disputes and then Allah will cause them to vanish or whatever Allah chooses to do with them subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah knows best. But Allah will cause the humans and the jinn to be resurrected. And this is from those signs that Allah can cause anything to come back to life as He pleases subhanahu wa ta'ala, just as a city can be resettled after its decimation. And just as the trees after they lose their leaves in the winter can come back to life in spring. And just as our vegetation and our plants and our food and produce grows again every single season, then likewise Allah can bring back humans and jinn back to life as he will do on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. So this is from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in the previous verse, we had the story of Ibrahim salam that spoke about the power of Allah Azza wa Jal in his control of the universe. In this particular story, we have the sign of Allah Azza wa Jal in terms of resurrection. And in the following verse, inshallah ta'ala, that we will take in the next episode, we will see again a story of Similar a story of resurrection and how Allah Azza wa Jal showed a sign to the Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam. But for today and for this episode, inshallah ta'ala, we conclude here. Barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.